That's how we just were, and I decided to really bring myself down and, and give a nice, measured intro. God, I just couldn't take it. No, I know. I'm Yuri Lowenthal. My name's Travis Sintel. You are awaited. This stupid movie. This stupid so fucking good. fucking movie. I hate it All so right. much for being so good. I, every... I feel like we're going to be hurting for time on this one, so... You think so? Well, no, in terms of so much to talk about. Okay, okay. So I that. think, let's just go into this. Uh, okay. Can I? Is that cool? Yeah. yeah go. Go. Because the, the line they just we just ended on. Yeah. Uh, is so subtle and so smart. We'll get into other stuff in a second. But the last line we ended on was, or the second to last line we ended on was, um, if, if you can't stand up, you can't do war. Yeah. And the phrasing of that is so smart. It's not that you can't yeah. fight. It's not that you can't you know go engage the enemy. You can't do war. Yeah. That is that says so much about the society and about the character development. In one simple sentence, the way they talk about it, yeah. it's so smart. And that in any other movie, that that line sticks out as a moment of sort of brilliant writing. I think. Yeah. And this movie is just another way of doing it. It just sort of like you know gets lost in the shuffle. And, and in fact, had we not been watching this four minutes at a time, that line bypasses me a little bit. I think. I've, I've it's always stuck with me. I've always loved it. I always love that character. Um, uh, and it's. You know, it's in in these last four minutes we get arguably, although I, you know I, I can't verify this without going back, the most dialogue so far. Oh, in definitely. the film are packed into these into these last four minutes. Definitely. And it's dense. Yeah. As usual, you know, I think I I should probably just stop saying that Let's, because we've, we'll we've established that. Um, so these guys are war boys. They do yeah, war. It's they what do they war, do. Right. It's with their bread and and bound and and you know mm-hmm. you know work backwards through this clip that might be fun yeah. way to go about this you want to you know, work backwards through it because sure. the sure. the image okay. right before this is the the giant wheel they go pay homage to right and right then, back, talk back about to that. the back to the the, the religion of that yeah. that uh, by my deeds i honor him v8 like you have to go and he does the v8 thing he, he go, they go to the the altar of you know arguably the most important thing in their lives and the most important thing in this series is automobiles is cars right, right. is is that is the drive forward and and that they have to go to pick up their steering wheels shows a so many things it's a it's a respect thing it's a ritual thing it's a security thing so nobody can just take a Mm -hmm. you know although we we see later that you know there's a workaround for that but you know you've got to go pick it up um and it's also a point of pride that you're the driver this is something that they that they fight about yeah he was a driver yeah. but he's been become ill he's got a blood bag tied to him and he was mm-hmm. this, this his lancer is now taking over the thing is he smells yeah. an opportunity to do it and that that tells a lot about how the ranks move up and how this sort of loose society is organized in terms of like hierarchies right. it's the the weak fall apart the weak do not prevail the strong prevail over the weak here right. also too in that in that scene so for those of you listening um there's a uh, uh, a mountain of wheels, basically. They're, they're right. arranged ass- in a certain let's, way. Let's assume that they've seen the movie. What do you think? I love that. I forget. Have we? Have we, made, we haven't talked about that. Are we? I mean, clearly we're spoiling things for if you haven't seen it. But can we make the assumption that they're listening? I to think this we because... can make the assumption that they've they've seen it. I don't think we can make the assumption that they remember everything in detail. Copy so that. for me, I wouldn't have remembered necessarily okay. a mountain of wheels. I would have remembered vaguely, oh, this scene was he comes, sort of they altered, fight right, over there. Yeah. So there's a mountain of wheels, uh, uh, and steering wheels, steering not, wheels, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's it's they're not just piled on top of each other. They're arranged in a in a ritualistic yeah. way. And above that is this symbol. Um, 
uh, of the the great the great wheel, I guess. Yeah. What's interesting to me about that is that we've seen the elevation, the deification of Immortan Joe prior to this. He's someone they they worship. He's someone that they recognize as the leader. Mm -hmm. He's someone who gives life to the lifeless and rules of this land. This is the first time we've seen distinct worship of iconography. So they're not making the V8 gesture to Immortan Joe. Yuri's favorite gesture is crossing your fingers. I started doing that, by the way, in public, because I, I, I talked about it before. I said, I want that to be the new and thumbs you, you up. Did it. And I did it at a restaurant the other day when he asked how the meal was. And I. And what did he say? I, he didn't do anything. He just sort of kept going. That's but, what I would have done, too. Yeah, right, right. I kept going, that guy's clearly insane. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. So now they're, not, they're not doing it to a Morton Joe. They're, they're, doing doing, they're doing the gesture to the wheels, mm -hmm. to the steering wheel. And presumably the, the major wheel, as a, as, you know, in addition to the, mm -hmm. the stack of wheels. But to expand this ideology and this religiosity to icons, as well as to this, this guy who's set himself up as a god, is really clever. Because now it's not just a society, like you said, about one guy who's made himself the David Koresh of the universe here. Right. It's about something. It's about uh, automobiles and about um, the worship of this this um, this thing that that to them signifies life because it's how you get oil. Uh, uh, sorry, mm -hmm. gasoline. It's how you get bullets. It. It's how you get all this stuff. So it, it's a life-giving item. It's also a war item. So it's the equivalent of like... It's a power and a control item. Yeah, it's a great symbol because you think about the, the symbols of Rome, for example. It's a spear, right? You have these symbols of, of what the society stands for. Mm -hmm. And it's either a militaristic society or if it's like an olive branch is a symbol of your society. A lot of um, ancient societies will go into battle with their crest on their shield that tells you something mm -hmm. about what they are. And in the fourth century, um, the, the Rome adapts the cross as their thing, which says a lot. It's an icon that says a lot about who they are. The wheel says, I think, so much. It gives life. Yeah. It, it's attack. It, 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 it's how they fight. It's a perfect symbol for society, and it's something we all see every day. But George Miller's taken it and made it a centerpiece of a society. Right. Made it made it important as important, you know, to them. Some, something you know banal and and you know day to day for us is something of tantamount importance for them. And they have the major wheel, and it looks like each of these wheels is immediately recognizable. That goes to a certain car. Like each one is personalized. And if I may say so. Yeah. They are badass. They are. Right? They really are. This one has a guy in a gas mask on it, which is like, I assume, an Immortan Joe uh, nod, possibly, which is maybe why it's so important to... Yeah, to I wonder if the drivers get to, you know, sort of, or, or, you know, put ornamentation, you know, ornament oh, their yeah, own... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you I, go I back and freeze frame that wheel? Can we do that? Uh, I, th I think we can. I just want to see what that wheel actually looks like. I, I, um, I saw a glimpse of, like, a gas mask. On so, this wheel here, as he's as he's picking it up, as he yeah, you it up. see it. There's a moment you see okay. it. Okay, all right. So we're so we're letting this play. And then I and then I want to bring I want to bring something up that I think is okay. So you've got all the different. Uh, see, those are all the same all the kind of wheels. Do you were notice they that? exactly the same? They were very similar, but this one he grabs is a lot more ostentatious and ornate. There you go. Okay, so it's got a uh, yeah, it's 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 got uh, somebody's face. Now this is a perfect freeze frame because. This is not only going to, uh, there's something I wanted to, to, to bring up, but will also be the first time that we sort of go to comments that people have, uh, have yes. yeah, I want, I want to sort of uh, address some of the comments that people have left on the podcast, you know, things that people have brought up, either on, you know, suggestions or answers to things that, you know, that we didn't know about or, you know, comments, both positive and negative. Now, look at this guy's face. Um, now, going back to your favorite thing, you know, Lord Humongous, mm -hmm. and about how that's so on the money and yes. so simple, and it drives you crazy. Yes. Um, this character's name is Slit. Whether he slit, you know, he slit his the corners of his mouth 
to and then got the the name or they named him and he's like fuck it I'm going you know all the way it's it's a literal name mm. and we haven't gotten the name of the character that we were just introduced to who he's stealing the the wheel from basically whose lancer he is um, so we won't go quite into it yet. We'll describe, so for, for viewers, this is the Lancer of, of the other character, and he's got the Joker type thing. Someone's taken a knife and slashed his... Right, or he's done it himself. ...corner of his mouth, yeah, all the way up to, to the cheekbone. It's right. really high up. Yeah. Um, but that, that goes back to, you know, we, we were talking about how Lord Humongous it just seems, you know, on the surface, like such an on-the-nose, on the you know, he's, he's a giant, you know, he's a... Yeah. That, you know, he's, he's buff. That, that it seems kind of stupid along the way, but we got... Um, uh, a comment from uh, Irving Gregory. Thank you, by the uh, way, for thank commenting. You. Thank that's you awesome. for your comment. Even though you um, disagreed with us, and that's okay. That, that's okay. He's, uh, that's, uh, you know, I will <laughs> Also, people, he's smarter than us, I will, it sounds I will, like. Honestly, I will be just as happy if people hate the show and want to fight me on it I, I actually as agree. I will be if they're like, hey, I love the show. I agree. So it's more interesting. Feel free to fight us. Especially because people who listen to this are probably smarter about this film than we are. I, uh, I, yeah, I think we, we started off by saying that will likely be the case. Yeah. Um, uh, but I but I would say we are on par with anybody who loves Fury Road. I would say our love for that film is, is on That's par. That's true, I think. Yeah, even if we don't have quite the... I haven't seen, you know, Beyond Thunderdome a hundred times, which... Let's not get into that. Um, but <laughs> uh, so, terrible. So, so Irving Gregory says, Lord Humongous is okay, like, great. Uh, furthermore, like traditional aristocracy, his name is only one title he holds, as well as the Warrior of the Wasteland, the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla. Um, also, he, he laments the fact that we didn't expand on the thematic nugget um, that we talked about in the first episode about the, the role of memory and being remembered and how that plays in the film's mythos, which is something we came up with that I, that I do love and I'd love to, I'd love to, to revisit. Um, and then he says some other things that are very critical, but uh, I love them. <laughs> um, he also says Vernon Wells' character was named Wes. Remember how we said last time that that character doesn't even have a name? Yeah. Wes is, is his Wes, name. okay. Uh, Humongous actually uh, refers... Uh, to him by that name uh, at one point. So thanks, uh, Irving Gregor. All, here's a, a full disclosure. He's a friend of mine from New York from back in the day. Uh, we did uh, theater together. And, um, and I'm really happy that he's listening to the podcast. So, so, so now we're, we're back onto this character slit. And, and the, well, let's, does, let's does, it, does it drive you nuts? Yeah, does let's stick with that comment. I think, let, yeah, I mean, I know this is a segue to this guy's face. Mm -hmm. It doesn't bother me in the same way because... I can backstory. There's a baby head on one of those wheels, by There's, the way. Baby heads figure so a lot good. into. That'll come up again. And but again. that's not an antagonistic. I don't. That's not a wheel I want because I don't want to be staring at a baby head when I'm trying to make, to, to, to do war. Mm. I want to do war with a awesome icon. Okay. Anyway, um, slit for a lower status person to have a nickname like slit. Mm -hmm. It makes total sense to me. You need, you need an immediate way of mm -hmm. uh, demarcating who your lowerlings are. Okay, mm -hmm. that's the guy with the weird mole. Your mole. Your slit. Mm -hmm. Your whatever, your one-armed Joe, whatever it is, right. that makes sense because they're all underlings. For a person of power to mm -hmm. take on a moniker implies to me they've tacitly approved that moniker. Slit may hate the name Slit. It's entirely possible. Good point. Someone may have given him that nickname, but Hazing. somebody's yeah. yeah, someone's higher above him and says, I, don't, I can't tell you all you boys apart. You all have white sort of paint on and you all have shaved head. Is it paint or is that their skin? Have we do this? It's paint because yeah, it, it washes off in the water. That's like right. It gets rubbed off throughout that's the... Right. Yeah. So, so although, although it could... You know, part of it could, I don't know if that's just they couldn't keep it on because they were in the fucking desert, you know, as a production thing. Right. Or 
I mean, I, I do think it's war paint as opposed to because they're Half-Life and they've got radiation poisoning that they're actually, you know, I wondered if, it, if the origin out. for this was the, you know, that white nose sunscreen you put on because mm -hmm. they live in a very, very harsh climate that if somehow this was a, a functional paint that it would be sunscreen or it'd be protective stuff. So that's a, we'll get into that later in the I, podcast. Yeah, I, I love that that's even a production thing. Like, guys, you're going to be, you know, half naked out here, but we need to we need to protect you as you're shooting this film where you're out in the, you know, in the sun for fucking 12 hours. Because you shaved your head. Your skin's you shaved your head. Very... There's no, yeah, there's no protection. Yeah. Um, it's like zinc oxide. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm wondering if that's yeah. the origin of the idea. Anyway, we'll come back to that, I think. Um, but in terms of Lord Humongous, to me it's frustrating because it implies to me a guy in a position of power who has a nickname like that has tacitly approved the nickname. And mm -hmm. I'm okay if that guy calls himself the Ayatollah of rock and roller because even if he doesn't feel that it's a little bit ironic and self-referential, I'm cool with it because it feels like a wink and a nod that it's too far. It feels like writing mm -hmm. to me in a way that's clever. Lord Humongous feels like a guy who's like, you know what, I am Humongous. Either he gave himself that nickname or someone was like, hey, you're really big. You should be Lord Humongous. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to be. Now, if there's multiple Lord Humongai over the course of history that he kind of came into a title, yeah. that's even more annoying to me. So mm -hmm. I don't even want to go down that road. So you'd rather but, it was something like Kylo Ren. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Guys, I might see Star Wars again. I, I got to go on record as saying that uh, okay. for reasons I don't want to get into here. But um, I still fight about that movie. Oh, also, if you listen to this other episode we recorded, a side episode of Star Wars, which may be released at some point, it gets cut off halfway. And we were so ramped up into complaining that we didn't notice that the recorder cut off. Right. But assume that went on for another three hours, basically. Right. Yeah, essentially. And assume that the universe shut the recorder down because you don't need to hear us no. ramble on about that. Not at all. So back to Lord Humongous. Right. Do you see what I'm saying, though? Yeah. There's, yeah. It's intentionality right. there's a, there's to it There's a difference to something, a name you give yourself and a name that somebody else gives you. Yeah, or that you've approved it. Because a person in power yeah. can say, you know what, don't call me that anymore. Call me the right. Ayatollah of rock and roll. And people will be like, oh, what a jerk. But okay. Right. Okay, because you're bigger than me. Yeah, yeah, you're in charge. But if someone said, "Call me Lord Humongous," I'd be like, "Sure." And behind my behind his back, I'd be like, "What a dick." Yeah, that guy sucks. So, so also scarification. Also, you know, everybody's sort of got their own thing. You notice these war boys have. Well, when we when we meet Knox, the the character who's as of yet unnamed in, at this point in the film, but um, turns out to be, um, and this this we'll definitely get into later. He is the main character of yeah. the film in a way the emotional core the, the emotional core of the film, film. yeah, yeah. Um, but he's also got and it, it took me a little while to, to realize what it was but he has a, a V8 engine scarred on you know the like the, the the plans of a V8 engine like scarred you know onto his chest I didn't know that yeah see, see you're, awesome. you're gonna learn something new every time I really learned 12 new you're gonna things learn yeah you're gonna learn a million this. new things yeah and this guy's got flame exhaust flames, obviously, on his shoulder there. Yeah, it's, it's all it's all I, very hot rod, you yeah. know, hot rod-y kind of stuff. I love, I love it, I love it, I love it. The idea of ritual scarification, again, is an Aboriginal idea that he's taken and co-opted to this. So again, it's a mishmash of mm -hmm. traditional ideologies and traditional religiosity into like a single cohesive view. And that's just one more part of that. But again, like everything else, it's taken to a extreme degree where you have... There's a pedal there. There's a, a motorcycle yeah, pedal yeah, there. Yeah, motorcycle footrest pedal thing. You know, but and the, a, yeah. it's just everything is amped. Like, what if body modification was extreme and not just for ostentatiously beautiful reasons, but it was for demarcation and being tough? So you get these slits and scars and, and gruesome body modifications. Like, I, that is awesome to me. Yeah. And, and if it, you know, it all stems from that what if question that, it, that is a beautiful thing for, 
for George Miller to keep going back to and you know to to say when you're you know you're talking to the costume designer when you're talking to the production designer go you know the most important thing is automobiles here so if you if ever you're wondering how, where to go with this just go back to the core that you know vehicles are the most important thing here it's almost like the costume designers and set designers had degrees in religion. It really feels like there's a deep knowledge of how iconography works. Going right back yeah. uh, in time. Yeah, I in was going to, yes. But uh, exactly what you just said, um, starting from the what if question um, as a natural starting point and a realistic starting point, um, there's a moment uh, where they're driving and they're passing down the line that she's gone off, Furious has gone mm -hmm. off, we're taking a left, we're heading east. Mm -hmm. um, and this guy gets the message slaps the hood of the car, the car immediately j j just does a 90 degree turn left. There's no, yeah. that's not, that wasn't a, symbol, a signal of like, hey, hold on, I gotta talk to you. They have a pre-coordinated series of, of knocks and bangs and mm -hmm. um, you know ways of talking to the driver that they instantly obey. Yeah, because and, the engines are loud. Yeah, they're loud. Yeah. And they, but the idea that that's, that's a, such a simple way of, it's very in the background of that shot, but it happens immediately. And you know, oh, they have, I guarantee you George Miller has a whole system of communicating that these drivers instantly follow. You bang over here, then it just, you jank it left, you jank mm -hmm. it right, you go forward, you go fast, speed up. And mm -hmm. that's, that's how it would be. Yeah. Engines are loud. You're out in the desert. You can't talk to people. You have to communicate everything via, you know, banging on the roof. And you mm -hmm. do that. And it reminded me, I did a, doc a documentary with the Chicago Police Department for six months. And uh, there was a sense, there's, a, there's a guy in the passenger seat, and I'm sure a lot of listeners know this already, but it's interesting to me. The driver's driving, and the driver's responsible for any left cross streets. The, pass the guy seeing shotgun is responsible for all right. The driver never looks right in, in, in high-speed chases. The driver never looks right. That's the job of the person on the passenger side. And the passenger side is, guy is going, all clear, all clear, stop, all clear. And the, the driver never looks over to check that because he trusts his partner. And, and you can double, you can outsource half of your viewing field to someone else. It becomes a lot more efficient and faster. And that's what this felt like. It felt like instant trust of the guy banging on the roof. He bangs, just left turn, not even looking. I thought that was so, such a rich moment. That's fascinating to me. And even more fascinating is the amount of things that I learn about you each time we do one of these. <laughs> you worked for six months on a documentary with the Chicago police? Yeah, yeah, side, side story. Lots of good stories wow, from that. I mean, lots other, of crazy stories. Whole other podcast. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of, yeah, we're sort of right at the beginning. We, we started this clip. This is, this is, so this is 12 through 16. 16. Um, minutes. Uh, we start pretty much right as she she takes the you know left turn and they and they go off, off off the reservation. Walk us through. Well, well, here's here's a here's something that's really interesting to me. Um, you see first you see it all on her face you know right when she's about to turn and, you know it's it's part of what makes it, you know her performance such a great performance. You see there, there's a, there's there's fear there's there's conflict there's you know. Um, but there's there's confidence at the same time, and then there's a holy shit, here we go. Like you you know that this is yeah, I felt something, that yeah, like, almost doubt or regret. There's a hinge of like fuck. Yeah, that it, that is as strong as she is that she's afraid to do this. Yeah. Um, and then an interesting thing happens. Um, that gets me every time is when he, uh, when her sort of second, you know, in command. First he comes up and he says, "Boss," which is another. Like, she's the boss. Yeah. You know, there are all these guys, and she's a woman. She's the boss. Um, he says, you know, the boss, we're not going to Gastown. And she she doesn't respond right. I mean, her response should be like, uh, no, Joe said we got to go this way, or no, some bullshit story. Uh, no, we're taking a detail, whatever. 
she just she she doesn't respond at all at first mm. and then she says we're heading east no no explanation no but it's very considered what she says mm-hmm. um and i really wonder what her you know my first thought is she's somebody who doesn't like to to lie you know oh, she she she's a she's a stand up you know truthful person and all those would you know would have been lies and she didn't want to lie to because probably they do have a relationship that she's built over the years and she may at her core you know hate you know all of what's been going on and you know the the patriarchy and you know the just this this the all the the warlike um behavior of of all these people that she's had to you know this family that she's had to be a part of but she's built up trust with this guy over the years mm-hmm. probably and she's about to betray everything for what she believes is right wow. so it's almost like she can't she doesn't want to lie to him and she's considering what she has to say and she's just as we're heading east which is which is true true she just doesn't explain it and because he trusts her he hands he, he you know hands it down the line yeah. you know this is what we're doing i love that interpretation Isn't i had, that, i hadn't thought of it that way i really love that interpretation i think that's probably right it, i i had taken it as she knows what's about to happen. She knows Joe mm-hmm. is in the process of discovering. Which, by the way, we haven't talked about the coolest part of this four-minute sec. We're twenty minutes in. We're and twenty the, minutes in. And the, I told you we're going to be pressed for time on this. You were right. The coolest part we're going to get to in a second, which is the breeding chambers and all that stuff. But, um, you know, she knows what's happening behind her. She knows that Joe's discovering what's happened. She knows that he's going to war up and go, and they don't have mm-hmm. a lot of time. So for me, it's it doesn't matter what she says to him right now. All she has to do is get them to go, and she's going to drive regardless. Mm-hmm. And I think any explanation just slows them down and is ultimately useless. Um, right. So she doesn't want to debate. She's mm-hmm. a, a woman of a few words. She's like, we're going east because that's mm-hmm. it. That's all you have to know. Right. But I love the idea that she doesn't want to lie to this guy. I think it's really cool. Yeah. And quite um, possible. Yeah. So, but let's go back to, because then pretty soon after they, they go off course, they cut back to um, <clears throat> one of Immortan Joe's, uh, you know, his, his young deformed, or well, young, his his tiny deformed son mm-hmm. sitting in a chair in front of uh, what's his name? Um, you know, you you caught me unawares. I've never yes. Uh, I, you know, I look at it every time on the credits roll, and then I always forget. Irving, what's his name? You should tell us. It's not. It's definitely not Rictus. Because no, well, he calls him Rictus. Guy. I heard. Although, him say that. I, yeah, I wanna I wanna say that the uh, I read something about the Rictus guy being this huge uh, ex wrestler, bodybuilder, or something who actually did time. He worked out at my gym. I told you that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but but in Australia. Uh, he, I guess he was, he was in, in prison for a while. Is he Australian? And apparently, or I, th- I think so. Oh, shit. I, you know, again, you know, I could be totally wrong. Can't yeah. go to the internet to double check and we, uh... Next episode. We don't, we don't prep these things. We just watch four <laughs> minutes and we meet and we hit record. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But, uh, but apparently, yeah, he was, he told some, uh, funny, he, he was a man of many stories on set. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. I mean, that, anyone that muscular right. has been through some shit, I feel like. But so you've got, so you've got this, um, you know, you've got the, uh, the, uh, the other, uh, uh, you know, sort of the, the main two, I think, sons that are that are that are highlighted in in the film, um, and he's. If you, if you look at, uh, I'm not gonna back up to go there, but if you freeze frame on, I was paying attention this time. The it's it's telescopes, it's um, sights from rifles, mm-hmm. it's binoculars, and they're all just sort of lashed together, and you can, I guess, you know, pick one or pick the other. And he's in his little chair, clearly. And and this is an interesting thing. Um, I don't know that we quite get it at this point. We get it as the film goes on, but that's a guy who, you know, would have been, you know, thrown out the back, um, killed, uh, left out to die, had he been a piece of this world and not Immortan Joe's son. Yeah. Like this is, you know, a guy who's who's deformed. G- clearly, he's smart. He's clearly smarter than his bigger brother. You know, who has all the, the do you brawn. Know, do you know the book Geek Love? Yes. 
That's yeah, that's where that I think exactly, it has to come from. Yep. It, I mean, yep. I almost think it had to it had to literally pull it from that book because yeah. it's it's how I pictured the main character. Of yeah. Geek Love was, was yeah. like like that guy, a super smart Machiavellian, sitting mm-hmm. in a chair with telescopes, with flippers. Yeah. yeah, flippers looking yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah. So, so on, yeah. on that scene, though, on that scene. So, um, uh, a lesser filmmaker, a phrase I will probably use a lot in this podcast, would have set us in this environment, let us get used to it, and explore how rich and exciting this place is. He sets us in a, in a milking room, basically. There's all these women who are clearly well-fed, clearly very healthy women mm-hmm. who are have breast pumps, you know, steampunk breast pumps attached <laughs> to their breasts, and they're just sitting there mm-hmm. being milked, literally just being milked. Um, and lest you be confused about that, we see an old-timey, which is interesting to me, bottle of milk that then he hands to his son to taste. His son tests it. It's good. This is mm-hmm. good milk coming out, this mother's milk. So the idea that there'd be this, there's no cattle here. There's no pigs. There's no goats. There's no sheep. There's right. women. Right. We don't, we don't feed ever, well. Do we ever see livestock? No, I don't think so. We see gardening, especially. I mean, we, we see this whole system of, because he runs, yeah. when he realizes what's going on, he runs through this, this giant farming system. But we never see... Yeah non-human livestock. Yeah, that they are the livestock here. And they seem very content and placid because, I mean, they, they are being fed. Obviously. Otherwise, they're at the bottom of the hill with the, with the rest right. of the, you know. And it's punks. jarring. It's so well done because you've seen only deformed, broken, broken, skinny people or war boys who are muscular but malnourished-ish muscular. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden we cut to this um, anteroom where these really well-fed, healthy women are seem very happy, mm-hmm. placid, content, um, being milked. And so all of a sudden mm-hmm. we're in this whole new environment that just adds... In, incredible layers of complexity to the world that we're in. But what happens there is that's where he sets the the scene where they realize she's running away. So this scene is doing incredible double duty where a lesser filmmaker would have given us that scene and introduced us to the amazing concepts of these women. Are, this milk is good, good job women, and we're, 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 we're expositing right. this world. He doesn't do right. any of that. He sets a necessary scene, which is at some point, and Morton Joe has to be told, Furiosa has gone off rails. Uh, so that scene is a necessary scene for the plot of the film. He, he stages it in a, scene, in a room that just gives us more depth about the world and right. it's depth that comes back in a mild plot way like we see the mother's milk comes mm-hmm. back certainly yeah. but it's not necessary to the plot and it was referenced early on um, when they're when they're loading up the the, the war rig, that's right and he that's says right. today we're hauling mother's milk today we're hauling aquacola yeah but you don't know what the fuck that is at yeah. that point yeah, yeah exactly and those, of course those are the things they produce in exchange for guzzoline right. bullets you know those are the right. things that they trade for this this is the farm that produces milk they have a you know a, a stock a bevy of women who produce milk anyway i thought that was really smart and, and again it's classic miller to do an exposition scene sort of almost in the background of a major a plot story scene yeah and just get it all out and so we're in this amazing thing then he discovers that she's running off, and like you said, he runs through the garden and pick up there because that's yeah. We, he runs through the garden. He, you know, just uh, bolts through and gets to this. You know, he he goes into this room and starts calling out these names. You know, these these ridiculous. You know, yeah. You know, by ridiculous, I mean we Humongous. have no frame of reference. He's like splendid. You know, yeah. What, he's like. That's a name, you know. I mean, yeah. you don't know what he's what he's calling out for, but clearly he's looking for somebody. He's looking for people. After he goes to this amazingly polished vault door, well, which we haven't seen anything right. like that before. Right, right, right. That's true. Yeah, giant vault door. Clearly, you know, his most valued possession well would be oiled, behind that shiny. Yeah, and and really think back. I don't know if there's any other um, shiny 
at this point, super, chrome. yeah, right, chromed yeah. up, right? But it's like mm -hmm. clearly a well cared for door. Clearly something he goes in and out of a lot. It's a well right. used, again, his, As a matter of fact, his staff, which I, I never really noticed before, um, I don't think he was running with it when he ran down, uh, but it's next to the, it's next to the vault door. The staff, which we only really see, I think later at the, sort of the monsters at rest, way, way down the film, he's got this thing and he's sort of chanting. Um, but it's 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 leaning against uh, on on the outside of the door, um, it, and just an interesting placement. Like I don't know, what, hmm. you know, I, I I'll have to think about that one. But yeah, so he so he gets in there. It's this beautiful open room. It's filled with books mm -hmm. and I think a phonograph and all of these uh, like like lounge tools chairs. of learning lounge chairs. It's yeah. clearly a, a pool, you know. Yeah. And anything with water in it obviously is you know luxury here. Yeah. And then you notice. Things written on the, on the wall. Well, the first thing, the first one that comes in is he gives us, which which for him is a little weird. We got it when a Morton Joe's running through the garage, but we get an overhead shot, mm -hmm. where it, which is clearly meant to show us what it's what the writing says. It says mm -hmm. our babies will not be warlords, warlords. or they will not grow up yeah. to be warlords. Yeah, and and who killed the world? Yeah, that's the one behind him on the door. Right. But I thought, you know, that's our first sense that oh, okay, okay, this is our in my mind our first sense of the the counter movement because mm -hmm. we haven't seen it yet. Right. This is the first We've, time in the yeah, movie it's all, we it's all been war and, and the, yeah, yeah, And Morton exactly. Joe's rule is unquestioned up until this point. Right. And now we see, oh, right. people don't agree with him. So our right. babies will not be warlords, warlords yeah. who killed the world, which in a way is a question of the film that we keep coming back to. Right, right. Um, and then there's another one written. Uh, uh, maybe right. It, above the old you, woman, who we'll get to in a second. But there's, a, right. there's something above right. her I forget head. What the, I forget what the third one is. Do you want it? Do you want it? I kind of um, do because I think this is important. Right, because because basically this is the this is the nursery. Um, this is essentially the nursery where where you know because there's also. Um, yeah, what's that? Oh, we are, right not we are not we things. We are not things. Oh, great. I mean, yeah. listen, if there's yeah. a patriarchal sort yeah. of um, battle yeah. cry. That's right. the that's it because because right. they, they literally we've just exited a scene where women are being milked purely for their product right and the next scene we see a uh, a fight uh, you know an antagonistic idea to that which is we are not things which is women are not right. things I mean just but and 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 so for good. this for this place to be also is when you're talking about counter movement um, this place being a place with learning you know it's. There's a chalkboard, and there's clearly been, you know, lessons, and there, there are chairs lined up where, you know, mm. pe where people are being taught. Um, the opposite of everything we've seen so far. There's electricity, which mm -hmm. I, I didn't really, I wasn't really cognizant of oh, before. Right. Yeah, I yeah. don't think we've seen. No, I mean, point. no. There's, there's probably some lighting, and when they were working on his car and all that. But, yeah, but great. Yeah. But, but yeah, but there's, a, there's a lamp. There's electricity. Clearly, a lot of the power is being, or some of the power is being, you know, going towards here. It's a completely different place. Something that he, he has locked away because it's dangerous. Um, and and valuable to a certain extent, and then we meet uh, Ms. Uh, Bitty, Pity, Pretty. I forget. Uh, 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 tattoo face. Tattoo face. We just call her tattoo but, face. But you know, great design. Also, she is the teacher, and she literally has writing um, tattooed, you know, all over her body, which is yet another you know production design or design element that tells story without without him ever addressing. Mm -mm. It's never know? it's never focused on, and yet if you think back to zero hour. A lot of times, I'm sure she was surrounded. The, the books had probably disappeared. She thought, mm -hmm. at a certain point, the idea. I mean, books are clearly a luxury, obviously, mm -hmm. because this is where they're all stored in this, um, you know, back cave of, of opulence. But uh, she's tattooed herself with words and stories and probably lessons and tales and things, mm -hmm. because that's the only paper she had. 
right. to write on that she right. could carry with her. She had right. no possessions besides her skin. And that is such a smart, again, I mean, it's almost, in lesser hands, again, it, it, it feels almost like a, a quirk a Batman villain would have. He'd be tattooed in every inch of his skin with words mm -hmm. and memories. It'd be like a Guy, Guy Pierce memento thing. But mm -hmm. here, because it's just what would unfold from the central what if, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel gimmicky to me. It doesn't feel nope. sticky. It feels smart. And because mm -hmm. he doesn't focus on it and, like, you know, he doesn't proselytize with it, he doesn't, like, mm -hmm. beat it over, beat us over the head with it, it feels really clever to me. Right. And, it, you know, in a, in, a, in a normal, like, non-genre film about a bunch of people just sitting around a room talking, there's, there are no, I mean, there are very few, I mean, wardrobe is, is often a thing, but, but there are very few cues to who that character is immediately visually. Mm. And this film is filled with them. When you see a Morton Joe... He's he's got the he's got the medals. He's got all the you know the really impressive things. You know, long flowing hair. Everybody else, you know, for the most part, shaved heads. Mm -hmm. Like he is clearly at the top but of the food even, chain. Even better than that, not to interrupt you, but you start with a, a shot of his back, which is horribly disfigured and right. falling apart, and then you come over to the front and see the the facade. the facade, and that's everything you need to know right there. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. And go on. she she you know immediately with the tattoos, the war boys immediately you know sort of a skull face you know like warrior yeah. you know scarification. I mean everybody's got you know the the, the organic mechanic with the, with his uh, um, his his apron and you know ev everybody's got an immediate visual cue that 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 tells everything. volumes with that that tells everything and you need to know. It doesn't ever feel sticky to me, no. which is what the danger of this is, is that you're trying to exposit people quickly. In a movie like this, you have to exposit people quickly, make us understand what it is. Did you see this? They did this experiment where they took all the action scenes from different movies, action sequences mm -hmm. from Bourne, from Fast and Furious, mm -hmm. and a couple other ones. They sped them up till 12, to 12 times the speed and played them. Every one of them is incomprehensible except for Mad Max. You can still track the action sequences of Mad Max Fury Road at 12 times the speed because they're so clearly cut. And it feels fast watching it now. Yeah. Imagine at 12 times the speed, you can still track it though. It's the only movie action film that like came out in the last couple of years that you can apparently track at that speed. That's amazing. Um, that and, cool? and yet completely not surprising knowing yeah. George Miller and how much we, you know, how perfect this movie is. T tell everybody um, what we're doing on Monday. You know, I was gonna, I was gonna get around to that, but we might as well do it now. Um, guys, you guys, 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 <laughs> guys, we're going to see Mad Max Fury Road in a theater, and George Miller will be there. <laughs> and, and what else are they showing? Yeah. And what they're showing two movies. You see that? Did you even read the thing? No, I didn't even. I just all I saw was Mad Max Fury Road, George Miller, and I bought it's, tickets. And I called you. If I, unless I'm mistaken, what else, what else are they they're showing? showing Mad Max: The Road Warrior. Oh, are you fucking kidding I'm me? I'm not fucking kidding you, Yuri. That's I'm being be, serious. It's going to be a good night. It's going to be the best it's, night. It might be the best night. Um, we're going to so, have a Miller boner. Right. So so actually, so it, 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 the next episode, we're going to be talking about that clearly because... Yeah, that'll be the next episode. We'll try not to get too far into the movie that we haven't, you know, pierced, you know, past 16 to, you know, it'll be, what, 16 to 20 yeah, yeah. Uh, minutes next time. We'll do a side episode because here's the thing. We're at 34 minutes we're at 34 right now. We're 34 minutes now. There's so much to talk. And I feel like we just right. scratched the surface. Again, guys, this movie would hold up to a minute per podcast, and I think in some ways we overshot with four. Four seems so safe to me. I'm, I've, I have no patience. I, I did not have the patience, but you're right. We could have done 60 seconds, but another podcast did that. We'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, because I would, I would argue that, that, you know, a minute of Star Wars at a time, is, is you're not going to have as much to talk about as... Sure. Well, it's, it's got to be um, a lot of backstory and mythos sure, and prequels. Sure, sure. Here's the thing, though. I, going back to the comment that we got from... Name, from Irving? Irving. Mm -hmm. um, 
I, I love that because I am also very interested in the idea of being remembered and how this mythos starts in Mad Max Road Warrior, or even Mad Max, starts in just in Mad Max, mm-hmm. um, and then continues through these films because a central part of any religion is what happens when you die. Death is the start of a lot of religions. You know, from, mm-hmm. from burying uh, Neanderthals with their tools or with flowers, there's a sense that you know, all, all belief and all ritual comes from the sense of, oh, we die. We know that we're going to die. What happens to us? And in an apocalyptic landscape where death is everywhere and people are broken and battered and damaged, what happens after death becomes the only thing that matters. So for a guy to rise up in the desert and take advantage of this and say, cool, these people have a need. They have a need to live on past their death. How do you do that? Well, through other people's memory. It's so human. And it's made, a, it's made such great use of in Mad Max, Mad Max Road Warrior, and here too, I think, exquisite use, this idea of, and we'll get into this as the spray paint comes in and all that stuff. Yeah. But, but he, the idea that you can be remembered and live on past your meager, insignificant life is right. so, so human and so touching, I think. And so, you know, used, well, first, I, I, like the, uh, the, I like that you said Neanderthals. Is that which, how you say which, it, right? Well, which which makes Can me believe that I've been saying it wrong my entire life, and because I look at you always as smarter than me. No, incorrect. So it's, but I, but I I, think, I know there's I think, a th there, and and but, here's why you say it that way. Okay. People smarter than me, I've heard them do it, and okay, I just took great. it. I'm gonna copy you. But it's pro- it may be wrong. I've never researched it because I don't so, have a phone. Right. That's that's that, that's okay. Um, but also the idea that you know, um, but, you know, we may go and, and offend a whole bunch of people here, which is fine by me. Um, the idea that religion is used to take power over somebody, you know, to, to exploit people. Well, here... That, that, he would, that he would, you know, say there is, there is life, you know, beyond, that there is, there is a greater life beyond what you have here, which sucks for you because we've got nothing and you're diseased and everything, but I promise you a greater afterlife. Wow. If you follow me, if you do what I tell you to, that's, you know, and that's, that's you what have you to have offend, to do. You don't have to offend people by saying that because in this movie, it's inarguably what's happening. Right. He has done that. But now, me, whether he's sort not, of applying it as a blanket, you know, you know for, for all religions. Yeah, now whether or not that is true about other religions and, and all religions, that's a separate topic, which I'm right. always happy to get into. But in this movie, it's what you're saying is inarguably the case. He has yep. taken advantage of a natural human need to raise himself up to the centerpiece mm-hmm. of this world and to be become powerful and to become a mythic figure amongst mm-hmm. these people who literally worship him. Again, that'll right. come into play more. And, and do you think when we're done with all this that we should just go back and do it again? Because I feel like we'll have more to talk about having seen the movie through. Like, do we just start over when we finish this podcast? You know, you know I guess we'll have to wait. I feel stressed it. out because there's so much I want to still talk about. I know. but And I don't want to save it because why, why save, you know, the good stuff? Like... Back back again to the the memory thing and you know being remembered. Hmm. It seems like he has to, you know, he has to hide books and education and everything from because that's what you do to keep you know control. You don't want people to be too smart. And he's got it in this vault. You know, all the memories of the world. It looks like it's all completely you know on the outside of this little room. It's all been washed away and he's created it from anew. And in this little sort of nucleus where he he keeps these, you know, we don't know at this point in the film, I don't want to delve too much into that, but he's, he's looking for, somebody's looking for these women. Um, he's put all the vestiges of, of memory and of the outside world, and he does feel that there's an importance to it. He clearly wants them to be educated. He clearly, this is, this is important, but he doesn't want it to get out. Well, that's what happened. You educate people, they eventually overthrow. I mean, that's, it's on a much more simple symbolic level, that's that's what George Miller's done, and, and that's mm-hmm. partly plot 
you know, con convolutions. But I, but partly it's just what happens. You you put people in a room with books in a situation where you know Morton Joe knows he's not divine, but he has to create that that appearance. He knows right. he's not divine because he knows so he his has body's to hide the falling. disease on his exactly. back. He has to, yeah, exactly. body's failing. But um, you know he he knows since he knows he's not immortal um, and, and uh, godlike. When he puts people in a room with books, like they might figure that out too at some point. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's the risk he has to take. And it's interesting that he did take that risk. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, I also love. There's a moment here where she's got the shotgun and she's she's sort of there. She's you know, she's the last line of of defense. You know, to to make sure that these these women get away. You know, as as scot free or as you know if they can. Um, she's got this shotgun. She's got him dead to rights. And yet he walks up and she doesn't shoot him and, and he, you know, moves it out of the way. She could have. Yeah. But the idea here is that these women don't want to be a part of that. They don't want to be a part of the killing mm -hmm. and the war. And the, even though she had him dead to rights, and the, like the first couple times I'm watching it, I watched it, I'm like, I don't buy it. She totally, she just should have, you know, yeah. you know, that would have been the ultimate, you know, fuck you. Hey, guess what? The brides are gone and, and you're dead. Yeah. And she, she couldn't. Yeah, she couldn't. But they couldn't. Both George Miller couldn't let that happen because it was totally counter to what he's trying to establish. But he clearly thought this scene through. Yeah, and, and I, I do think that there is a sense. And listen, this teacher does not for one second think he's a god. This teacher does not for one second yep. think that he has a divine connection to an eternal afterlife. Right. But the sense of shooting someone who everyone else thinks is a god is tough. Right. It's tough. It's it's in your you know your subdermal muscle mm. tissue, this idea that like this guy, there's something about him and if I destroy him. King. Yeah. You've I, seen The Man Who Will Be King. I have. Yeah. That's one okay, of the few yeah. I have. Okay. Which is again. I, I, very, I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. Very rare. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I buy that she has a hard time shooting him. Sure. I totally yeah. buy it. Yeah. Um, and I, the first time I saw it, I thought the same thing you thought for a second yeah. and, and I still there in the background. I'm like, oh, just shoot the fucking guy. Right. But also that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know if we should, we should probably wrap it up. It's, we're already at, we're already over 40. Guys, listen. We got it. Guys, listen. There's, this I mean, you know this. If this you're listening, dope. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that this movie is dope. It's dope. Um, the, the funny thing for me is that, you know, we're referring to these comments and yet I know that we've, you know, we've recorded a couple of episodes before this one now. So, so there'll be a little delay on getting the response to, to people's comments, but, but just so you know, we are, we are paying attention. Uh, we're still having fun. Hopefully you're still having fun because we're, you know, four, four episodes into the actual movie itself. Mm -hmm. um, I, the only thing I hope that we're doing that we could do three. better yeah. is yeah. to give how a... Can, how could we be how could Well, we be I was better? thinking about if I was listening to this and hadn't mm -hmm. seen the movie recently, but still loved the movie, mm -hmm. do we, should we summarize the four minutes and then talk about it so we know what we're doing? Sure. Or do we just dive into it? Would that be helpful? I don't know. You guys uh, let us know if that's a helpful idea because I yeah, feel like we might, we might try it on for size next time. Giving some context to what we're about to talk about might help because we just we get so excited when we watch it. We just want to talk about the symbology and the deeper meanings of things such as we see them and without just what necessarily being like awesome. Yeah, as opposed right. to be like, okay, here's what happens in this four minutes. Let's talk about it. I don't I don't know if that's a yeah. dumb idea or if it's a good idea. I think it's a great idea. I love you. I love you. Um, you gotta get really broke back mountain pillows. I'm every not. Time, I'm not. No, they're a fixture. They will. So many things in my office will go before the Brokeback Mountain pillows go. Um, so, so it, it, the next episode, we'll have gone to see the film again, and George Miller will have been. This there. is the sound of a high five. You know, we, 
That is a real high five. I did not affix that in later. That's that's you know that was very George Miller of us. I could have practiced that in later, but we used a practical. I high hope five. you go back and put a fake one in now. That'd be right. Funny. And 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 here here's here's the high five that you won't be able to hear. Watch, Travis is not going to do it. I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the the V8. No, he he's not. He's there's no. So not. That was the V8. sound. That was the sound of of me doing it and 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 Travis, <laughs> totally stonewalling me. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're still having fun. Hopefully you're having fun. My name is Travis Intel. My name is Yuri Lowenthal, and you are awaited.